Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Good morning. It is good to be with you. Uh, just have, I'm going to have you stay standing for um, just a few min- minutes with me. I, I shared with uh, our first service. That's so weird, our first service. Uh, that um, as I was doing my study, uh, I came across a portion of scripture. And when they asked Ezra, Ezra to read the Bible, he opened it up. The people stood. They stood for three hours as he read the Bible. Whoa. And then he closed it and said, okay, now it's time to pray. And so they began to pray and worship three more hours. Whoa, that's a long time. I won't have you stand for six hours. Don't worry. But I thought, wow, we've, we've become pretty comfortable. <laughs> I'd say, whoa, that's a long, even for me, that's a long time. But, um, you know, times have changed. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad to be with you this morning. I have the privilege privilege of, of just sharing something that God has just stirred within my heart. And I want to do honor to him to bring you that message that it would stir something within your heart. Are you ready to receive it today? Oh, let me, are you ready to receive it today? Yes, good. Um, as we get started, I want to just take just a couple seconds just to honor our My City Student Ministry team. They have been working diligently with your kids, uh, with their friends. Um, they have been working at keeping our, our family connected. This past Friday, they had a, an event here at the hub, 20 students here. And that is a huge number in the environment that we are in right now. So 20 students that were together, that were that were together and encouraging one another and just being family. So thank you, my city team, for your efforts and God bless you. Continue to multiply you. The leaders multiply the the students because right now we're in a time that our students need a, a, a positive word, need life being spoken to them. Because there's a, a, a voice out there that is very loud right now, but there is truth that needs to be represented as well. So thank you, my city team. Um, as we uh, get into uh, God's word today. I'm going to have you take a journey with me to, through Nehemiah. Has, have any of you out there or in here ever gone through the book of Nehemiah? Let me see your hands. Oh, good. Look at that. I'm going to give you something new today. Very good. So I, my prayer is that by the end of our time together, you will be excited about Nehemiah and you yourself will get your word and we'll, you'll get your paper and your pen and you'll begin to study because Nehemiah is so prevalent for where we are today. Nehemiah was a man that God had given him a dream. He had given him a, a vision for his people. And one man had an assignment from God. It was to reboot the nation's dream. Not their dream. It was God's dream. God's dream for them to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, to be their provider, to be their supplier. And that was what they needed. 
So um, let us pray that your hearts and your minds will be ready to receive what God has for you today. God, we thank you for your word that it is alive and it is active. And as we pick it up and we read through it, God, you are continually speaking if we are listening. I pray that our hearts will be in tune today, that our ears will be open, and that our eyes will be you know, shown light and shown truth. And God, that we will have a, a reset, that reboot in our life for what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Some of you have, oh, some of you have seen that I have a sword up here. If you didn't know, I am a preschool teacher. So I have visuals all the time. My, my voice, you know, when you tell a story, your voice changes. Whatever you need to do to get the audience's attention. So there's my visual, and I'll bring it out at the opportune time. So if you are with me, I hope you have your word. If you don't, I understand, you know, it is also on um, your phones. But I am uh, I'm trying to get myself back into bringing God's word so I can have it um, and so I can write. If you don't have a pen, a paper, find one. <laughs> if not, uh, you can look back on this. And just it's just great to be able to get God's word and then go back and see what he ha has more he has for you. So we're opening Nehemiah. And we have the city, um, the people have been sent back, a group anyway, a remnant, has been sent back to Jerusalem. The king has allowed them to leave because they're going to rebuild the temple. And Ezra goes with them and he leads them out. So there they are in Jerusalem. And some stayed back. And that's where we pick up Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he is in Babylon. He is where uh, they they were held captives of slaves. But Nehemiah had a pretty good job. It was a cushy job. It was a safe job. He was, he worked in the palace. He was like next to the king. He was the guy that poured the king his drink. Now, <laughs> you may say, wow, who wants that job? But it spoke of Nehemiah's character. The king trusted him because there was war going on. There was treason going on. So anybody could sneak in and kill the king. But this was a job that they had for Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was trusted. And so he had the king's ear. He was, he was a good guy. So we have Nehemiah there. And a time had come. His brother came to visit him from the homeland. And some friends came. And so Nehemiah is like, hey, brother, how are things going at home? How's the family? How, you know, tell me. I can't wait to hear the great news. And brother came in. The friends came in. They said, oh, Nehemiah. It doesn't look good. The walls are down. The gates are burned. And they are in trouble. Because when, um, you know, something about history, when the walls were down in a city, that signaled to the enemy that, oh, they're weak. They're vulnerable. We can sneak in that way. They won't, what are they going to do? Because we can go in the other way. And they're, they're open for the enemy's attack. So it was a big deal. So Nehemiah, his heart was heavy, but what he does is he goes to pray. And he said, God, you told us that if we disobeyed you, we would be scattered. But it, once we came back to you, you would help us. You would be with us. You would make us strong again. So he said, God, help me. I've got, I'm going to go before the king, and I'm trusting you to help me. So the next day, we look into chapter 2, and there's Nehemiah. He's pouring the drink for the king, and his, the queen is there. They're just having a day, and they, you know, the king's like, 
you notice Nehemiah? Why, I'm, I'm imagining wife is probably, yeah, he looks kind of sad. Why don't you ask him what's going on? And so king, Nehemiah, you look sad today. What's going on with you? And Nehemiah said, God, give me, help me to be brave. And he goes in and he says, king, my people, we're my family. They, the walls are down. They're in trouble. Please let me go back. Let me go back, help them build the walls. We'll get the, the gates back. They'll be in tip-top shape, and I'll come back to you. And he said, I'm, and, and I think in his mind, he said, okay, I'm going to be really brave. Have you ever been done that before? You, you start asking and said, okay, I'm going to ask. Better, better, going to do it right now. And he went in, and he said, king, do you think you could write some letters for me on top of that? So that when, if I get stopped, and he was going to get stopped, if I get stopped, that they, I can show them these letters and they'll let me safe passage. Anything I need, that they'll give me the materials. And he said, sure. If that is what you want, you've got it, Nehemiah. And he goes, you know what? On top of that, Nehemiah, I'm going to send a cavalry with you. They're going to escort you into the town, into the city. It's like, wow, I didn't even ask for that, but okay, cool. And so Nehemiah and his people, they went. Now, you've got Nehemiah. You've got, uh, what do you call that, a uh, caravan? Is that right? Yeah? <laughs> you've got a caravan and the military escort. So do you think Nehemiah was able to sneak in without being noticed? No way! And the enemy... Oh, the enemy saw them coming, and they got mad. It was, um, it was a Samballot and Tobiah, and they, got, they were mad. and said, who is coming in to help these people? We were doing fine. They, were, they didn't have anything. What are they doing? So Nehemiah, he went in, and he, he, he said, we're going we're to go ahead, and we're going to take care of business. So Nehemiah laid low for three days, the Bible says. And that night, he went in all by himself. Let me get this right, so I don't lose my place. He went into the city. It was dark, but he assessed the situation, and he came back with a plan. I th it was definitely a God-given plan because he was not a military man. He wasn't a sergeant. He was, I'm going to get these all wrong probably. He wasn't a lieutenant. He wasn't a strategist. He didn't know anything about war, only what he, he saw in the palace, but he had a plan, a God-given plan. And in uh, chapter 2 of Nehemiah, he said, 17 and 18, he says, Nehemiah, he went back to the people after he looked at everything, and he said, Jerusalem is a wreck. Let's rebuild the wall and the city gates. Let's not live in the disgrace any longer, the people said. We're with you. Let's get started. Roll, and they rolled up their sleeve when we're ready to work. I'm going to were The lines were a little blurry there. <laughs> but I got a good thing I did this already one time. So I had it. So, so the people were ready to work. They rolled up their sleeves and they got in. Chapter 2, verse 19, it tells me the enemy showed up. And this, it's very important because these, this, this thought is going to come back again. We're going to see it. The enemy says, huh, what do you think you are doing? Nehemiah answered, 
God will help us in verse 20. He says, he will make sure we succeed. You have no say in this. So they're getting ready to build. And it, in case you're wondering, I'm taking all my, most of my scripture from the Message Bible. If you're thinking, wow, she's a pretty good storyteller. Oh, no. <laughs> the Message Bible is very, I, I enjoy reading it because it tells a story so picturesque. And I'm very visual, so I always go back there if I need just a good picture of what's happening. So they're ready. He's already addressed the enemy. They're busy. They're working. And we, in, their, in chapter 3, they're building the wall. They're, they're going at it. And then we go into chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. And I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture here because it was so good. I wanted you to see this picture. So if you have your pen and paper, you get it out and you take it home and you restudy it. So chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, When Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall. He exploded with anger, vilifying the Jews in the company of his Samaritan cronies, like that word, and military, he let loose. What are these miserable Jews doing? Do they think they can come and get everything back to normal overnight? Make building stones out of make-believe? And they're probably just sitting back. They're just laughing. Oh, so he, and then this guy, Tobiah, he steps in. He wants to be part of the group, right? You've got those. Oh, let, let me just throw my two cents in. And he says, that's right. What do they think they're building? Why, if a fox climbed that wall, it would fall to pieces under his weight. And here we've got the enemy. He did not waste any time. He came in with everything he knew to do. But I love Nehemiah in verse 4 and 5. He said, it says that Nehemiah, instead of engaging with the enemy, because the enemy wants to draw you out. Do you, have you ever had that? Someone just pushes your buttons. Yeah? Yes. Push your buttons and they've got you. And then they sit back and say, yes, we're going to get in an argument or they're going to lose it or whatever. And, and Nehemiah, instead of getting engaged with the enemy, though, he turns to God in prayer. And he says, God, this is yours. We are going to succeed because you told us. So he tells the people, don't worry about it. God is with us. We're going to set the guard around the clock, and they're going to help keep us safe. So the people said, cool, Nehemiah, you've got a plan. Let's keep working. And they continue to work. And Nehemiah 4, 7 through 9, it says, when Samballot, Tobia, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repairs of the walls of Jerusalem were going so well that the breaks in the wall were being fixed. So were they having success? Yes. They were having success. Were the walls being built? Did the enemy see it? Did he like it? No. They're saying, oh, no. If the wall gets built, we're done. They're going to think they can do anything. And, oh, and, and so they, they absolutely were furious now. So here they are. They put their heads together and decided to fight against Jerusalem and create as much trouble as they could. How many of you have faced trouble? Whoa. These last, how long has it been now? Seven months? Five months? Or not more. And it's more than five months. 
I think all, all of us have faced some kind of trouble in our life at some point. And so the enemy came in and he just, ah, oh, let get them distracted. They'll look at us. They'll, they'll see us gearing up. They'll see us putting our, our military guard and we'll distract them and they'll stop building. But Nehemiah 4, oh no, I already read that. Sorry, got excited. So they, no, did I? Okay. So the people, yeah. They got, excuse me, so they were ready and they were ready to fight. But then the people countered with prayer. They began to pray and they were encouraged again and they began to build. But as they began to build, they began to look around and they said, wow, this is a bigger job than we thought. Maybe they were right. Maybe we can't do it. Maybe our God can't help us. Maybe they can win. And verse 4, chapter 4, verse 10, discouragement and fear saw an opportunity to get in. And they said, but soon word was going around in Judah. The builders are pooped. The rubbish piles up. We're in over our heads. We can't build the wall. And all this time, our enemies were saying, they won't know what hit them. Before they know it, we'll all be at their throats, killing them right and left. That will put a stop to their work. So the Jews, who were their neighbors, kept reporting, they have us surrounded. They're going to attack. If we heard it once, we heard it ten times. So here's not only the enemy that is coming in and saying, you're not going to make it. The people around them, their family, the, the Jewish people, some of them were saying, you know what, they're right. We're not going to make it. Everything they say is going to happen. We might as well just give up. But here's the key, Nehemiah 4, 14. It says, Nehemiah, after looking things over, he says, I stood up and I spoke to the nobles the officials, and everyone else. He says, don't be afraid. Put your minds on the master who is great and awesome. And then fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So Nehemiah said, guys, get ready. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Set your mind on the God who is great and awesome and fight. Fight for the dream that God has given to us. He is our provider. He is the one that is going to make us victors. And so this is so cool. Verse 15 through 18, it says, the enemies planned were frustrated. They saw that they had no hold here. And half of the young men worked while half the, of them stood guard. Military officers were uh, served as backup for everyone that is working. Common laborers were to hold a tool in one hand and a spear in the other. Here we go. It's not a spear, but it's a sword. It's a, but the Bible, the Bible says... One had to, the laborers had to hold a weapon in one hand and work with the other. Do you see that happening? Pastor Saxon, can you construct anything with a weapon in one hand and a hand working? Very. 
<laughs> it would be hard. It would require teamwork, right? Yes. So he had a plan. I don't know how they do that. That was crazy. But for the visual effect, did you get that? Yes. Visual effect. Okay. So the, and then it says that each builder had a sword strapped to his side while he was building. And Nehemiah said, we're going we're gonna to make it, guys. This, this um, oh, I didn't give you my title, did I? Did I? Do you know what it is? Let me, it's, a, it's a tough one. Here it comes. Dream Reboot. <laughs> dream reboot. And he says, guys, this dream that God has given to us, we're not, it's not going to die. It's just being reset. So he, he planned this out and he said, so when I'm, I'm going to keep he said, a trumpeter near, next to me. And when you hear, because we're spread out. Jerusalem was a big place. There was things going on all over. He said, but when you hear that trumpet, drop what you're doing. Let's come together and we're going to stand firm. So it, it, they had a plan. It was, it, they saw it through. And this, God gave them a reboot. I was getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> you know, they had one enemy. You, me, we have one enemy, the devil. And he comes in the disguise of a friend, of a family member, of a situation, of circumstances, of health issues. And he has one goal in mind, is to take, is to destroy, is to steal the dream God has given to you. And that your dream doesn't necessarily have to be church-related. It doesn't have to necessarily be ministry. But anything that involves your life and God, that is a God-given dream. So in uh, uh, John 10 here. Our one enemy, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So if you know your enemy and you know what he looks like and you know what he's after, you can guard that. You can fight for it. So if we go back to uh, verse uh, 14 in Nehemiah of chapter 4, we see, I see three things that we can take away from that. Number one, fear and discouragement will intimidate, will lie, will stop your momentum and try to kill your dream. Do you, uh, anyone here, anyone out in the living room, <laughs> do you believe that God has given you a dream? Yeah. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Do you believe God has given you a dream? The enemy wants to destroy that. And sometimes dreams take work, right? Yes. Anything good isn't easy, right? So if we work, we begin to feel like those, the Jewish people. It's tiring. I'm tired. I don't want to try anymore. We've done this over and over, and the enemy comes in. I don't want to do this anymore. Fear and discouragement sets in. But in Isaiah 41.10, the answer is there for you. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. 
Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Who is talking there? God. He said, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. I've got you. I've got this with my victorious right hand. Defeated? No. Maybe? No, I, you have, it's like if God thought was, oh man, I don't know if we can do this one. You're probably right. What are we doing here? Right? Oh my goodness. If God, if, oh, we, sometimes we need to think that way. Sometimes we need to say, oh, maybe this one, maybe they're right. That would have to be God. And God is like, no, victorious. I've got you. I've got this. Don't give up. Don't let fear or discouragement beat you. Amen? Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Number two, your mind. Your mind will need to stay focused on your dream. COVID-19, oh, my goodness. Many distractions. <laughs> it's like, what's happening today? Oh, I don't know. Not the same as yesterday. And then there's things going on, different state. Who knows what's going on? Just things. I don't even, I don't even, I, I have said I am not watching anything because too much, <laughs> too much, too much distraction. I just need Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Jesus, direct us. Um, so distractions, distractions will try to steal your dream. I have a verse for that too. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it says, Isaiah 26.3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. That is what Nehemiah had. Why didn't Nehemiah get rattled when he heard the enemies? Why didn't Nehemiah say, yeah, you're, maybe you're right. Maybe we should pack it us up and go home. He said, no, because he went to God. He kept him in peace. It says, you will keep in perfect peace to all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Keep your minds on God. Keep your minds in the word. When you hear that word, say, oh, no, because my God just said he is victorious. He will help me. He tells me not to be afraid. I'm going to go with that because I'd rather have that, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so stay with that. Let your mind be on him. And then the third takeaway that I see in verse 14, he says to fight. When you've told fear and discouragement to get out and you've set your mind on God and what he has for you, then you stand and you fight for your dream. And there's a verse for that in Ephesians 6, 13. It says, therefore, put on every piece of armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Whose armor? God's armor. Not your armor. Not Paige's armor. Not Savvy's armor. God's armor, because you can do things well, and you can maybe make it. <laughs> maybe you can do this time. Oh, but next time, oh, you probably won't. But when you put God's armor on, you will be victorious every time. 
And he said, and he says, and stand, and after you battle, after you fight, you will still be standing. So yes, you will have to fight, but know that God has it. He has it. And that you will still be standing firm. And this is so awesome. So you, you here and you at home say you have a dream. And maybe you're fighting for that dream. You're fighting to keep that dream alive because maybe the enemy has, has silenced it. He has intimidated you. So today is your day to reboot that God-given dream and say, no, this is not where God, what God intended for me. He did not intend for my walls to be broken down. Did he? He did not intend for my city gates to be burned to the ground. He has good for you. We quote the, quote the scripture so many times. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You have a hope and a future. And I love this, this last verse here in Nehemiah 4. 27 through 29, you can read it. I paraphrased it. And it says, this is, this is awesome because their plan, their dream comes to fruition. It says, when it came time for the dedication of the wall, they tracked down and brought in the Levites from all their homes in Jerusalem to carry out the dedication ceremony exuberantly. There were singing, there were cymbals, there were harps, there were instruments. I don't know, maybe there was a drum in there. I don't know, electric guitar? Who knows? Yeah, maybe. A version of, right? But you've got the musicians, and then it says, then Nehemiah said, I had the leaders of Judah come up on the wall. What did the enemy say before that? If the, if the fox is, is going to climb on the wall, the fox will break it down. Nehemiah has the band going in first. Then he has the leaders going in. And then on top of that, it's, I'm, I'm just kind of skipping. I'm par it says, I appointed two large choirs. One came on one side, the other on the other side. So you have a massive load of people on the walls. And I don't read anywhere that the walls came down. Do you? No. 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 <laughs> the walls stood. And I love it because it said the enemy, early on, we said, we, they said, what are they doing? What are they doing if the fox crawls on this wall, it will knock it down. And Nehemiah, he says, the enemy has no voice here. And that is so awesome. You need to tell the enemy, you have no voice here. Because my God has given me a dream. And he told me, he said he can help me. And I want you to be stirred in your spirit today. Fight for that dream. Mom and dad, fight for that dream for your kids. God has a dream for your children. And there is a world that is fighting for them. And if you do not fight for them, someone else will take them. Maybe not physically, but they will take the soul of that child. So mom and dad, fight for them. Students, you have a dream. Young adult, you have a dream. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, that will never happen. 
You know what you did? It will never happen. It's not for you. It's for the other person. No, God has a dream to give you a hope and a future. And um, I, I'm so excited about what I get to share with you now. We had a situation, a real-life situation that happened just this week. And we've been past uh, um, Pastor the Robertsons, and they are pastoring virtually <laughs> in Frisco, Texas. But they are currently in New Zealand. And so that makes for a difficulty in pastoring a church in a different country. But they have been doing it. God has, has been with them. And, but when they first had that passion, that dream, that was 10 years in the making. But they wanted to do it as a family together. And when they waited till all of them were in unison and they said, yes, let's go. We're ready. Let's go. And in this process, they had door after door denial. It's like, no, you, it's not going to happen. We're not helping you. We're not helping you. They were ready to give up. And they didn't understand, God, you gave us this dream. What is happening? Where are you? Fear, discouragement set in. And then someone said, hey, I know a pastor out in Washington. Maybe you can get hooked up. See what happens. Okay, we met when we were in California. We, we had already decided before we even met them, they were trying. We want to help them. We want to help them see their dream come true. Why not? Why not be a part of that? So we met them. And, and they, they gave us a whole spiel. They were trying to sell us on the idea. And when they said, hey, so can you help us? Yes. Really? No. And then they asked. No, they did. Really? Okay. Are you going to help? Yes. And then they, I can remember Pastor Carrie said, can you say that again but to her, my wife? Because I, I want her to hear it. And she's like, they must have asked us, I don't know how many, rewording the sentence to make sure that we understood what we were. And they wanted to make sure. And no, we are going to join you in this dream. And they were, I mean, it was, we were in Panera. Panera? Yeah, Panera. There you go. <laughs> we were there. And they were, we were and I'm like, whoa, whoa. And because they had their dream had been kiboshed so many times. And they were, we so the process started. We were going, we were doing it. Hey, a couple months, they were gonna, they had that we still have suitcases of theirs. Because they went down, they met the people, and they said, okay, we're gonna leave this here. We're gonna get it when we get back. Oh yeah, cool, no problem. Sitting in my basement, Pastor Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> um, but be, we are going to be, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to jump ahead. Um, so I see where, oh, so on the head going and then COVID, COVID-19, they were like, what are we going to do? They had heard the borders might be closing down over there. They were panicking. We've got family. We've got all our stuff. We have to go now. So they hurriedly changed their plans. They moved. Let's go. Let's go. And they got there. And that was, I don't know, as, as long when we start back in March, when that weekend that we were supposed to have that 
weekend with with them and we didn't the school says you guys can't come either <laughs> stay home and so they've been trying they've been working they even went to New Zealand because it was told okay here this is the answer here is the answer and this past Sunday no yeah this past week we got word that hey the interim pastor, the guy who that has been working as the pastor over there and helping out, well, he got offered a job, and this is his last Sunday. Today is his last Sunday. And we're like, oh, man, what, what's going to happen? They have no pastor. What's going to happen to that church? And we knew, God, we need you. We And there was no sign that, that the borders, the airways, the visa Anything was happening over there. And it's like, God, we know you're a God. We have, you're a God of miracles. And your word says that when you have the victorious right hand, right now, we need a miracle. And Thursday night, we came together for prayer. And we began to pray. And we said, God, you are a God of miracles. You are a God that can move the impossible. You are the, I'm going to use that word again, rebooter <laughs> of dead dreams, of lost dreams. The enemy is not going to have this. He is not going to steal it. He is, it's no, he has no business here. And so we began to pray and we began to pray. And I want, and then I got a phone call at nine o'clock in the evening. And I want you to hear what God did for the Robinson family. Man, I'm excited. So excited. So excited, exactly. In a global pandemic, yep. 22 months of oh waiting, uh, we've just received a uh, voice uh, from our immigration lawyer that we have now got access to the United States. Just got Woo! my R1 visa. Come on. Pumped. Excited. Hey, we're looking forward to getting right there to Dallas, Texas. Amen. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much to the people who prayed. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to the people who have supported us financially. Guess where we are today. Hey, the journey is just really just starting to uh, kick start. So, so it's just beginning. Thank you. So watch the space. We'll see you soon. Ooh, oh, my goodness. And worship team, you can come up. That is awesome. And we were a part of that. God rebooted that dream. I'll make sure. So just listening to that, do you have a dream? Do you have a dream that the enemy has tried to steal, to kill, and to destroy? Today, this morning, is your opportunity to allow God to reset that dream in your life. And it, how about for your family? Has God given you a dream for your family that maybe you've given up on? For a business venture? For a personal desire that you have? God cares about your dream because he cares for you. He cares for you. And may, you might look at your life and you might say, I'm not, why should I have a dream? My you don't even know the things I've done. God doesn't care. He wants to give you a fresh dream, a new dream, his dream. So why don't you stand with me? Maybe you find yourself in those one of those categories. Maybe you've never asked God for a dream. The king comes before you and he says, what do you want? 
He's asking you today, this morning, what do you want? Do you have a dream? Do you have a dream? Do you need to God to reboot that dream in your life, in your heart? It's real. So this morning, right now, I want you to know that dream that you have right in your brain. <laughs> and just you and God right now, this is your altar place. That's your spot with God. Tell him, request that he reboot that dream in your life. Because he has good for you. He has good for you. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and pray. Just pray. God, we just thank you. God, we praise you, Jesus. You are the God dream giver. You are the dream giver. You speak life. God, I speak life. God, I speak life. Life to a world. God, life to a world that has an enemy. An enemy that is looking to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God, I just bring life. God, take that life. Take that life, family. Take that life. Let him breathe into you. Let him breathe into you. Take your hands. If you need to, just, just surrender. Surrender everything. Your heart, your mind, your dreams, your personal dreams that you surrender. God, I've tried my own dreams. Not working out so well. <laughs> Could have did better. But God, your dreams. I want your dreams. Your dreams, your way. Not my way, your way. God, we honor you and we thank you for life. We thank you that you build up the walls. You keep us safe. You keep us within your care. And you watch out for us. You protect us. You guard us. God, help us to just be, hold on. Hold to that dream. Let us continue to walk forward and fight. Fight for what you have for our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.